Hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl. As I'm preparing to do this podcast, I'm laughing at my my extremely like no budget, low budget um little get up here. <laughs> my blonde haired girl, like I I I kinda laugh sometimes like people who are like preparing to do I'm just going to say anything having to do with putting out content and um, them going out and buying like a fancy microphone and <laughs> like all these little, you know, tools for making videos and all this. Um, I think it's great, but I'm just laughing because I don't have anything like that. I sit by candlelight and give you my somewhat outrageous <laughs> impressions of of reality. Mm, yeah, that's what I want to talk about. Okay, so I know I've talked about this before and recently and, and you know, y'all are getting to know me a little bit. And so I'm like solidifying, solidifying, solidifying ideas and, and talking about them in a greater, greater with with greater understanding or deeper understanding of something. So I want to talk about this idea of that I had heard from Abraham Hicks and, and I want to talk about it a little bit more in length in length and also bring in some other ideas that I have actually kind of lost between <laughs> between um having to go to the bathroom and um <laughs> coming back to do this I'm laughing cuz I'm like my greatest ideas are in the shower which is kind of true um <laughs> but I don't have a microphone in the shower so um, so I have to like hold on to these ideas and they, they do, they kind of like come into my brain. And then if I don't like, I've been known to like, I have like a, um, a sticky note app on my phone and I've been known to like, um, either type into it, like I'll have an idea, I'll type into it or I will, I will do my little microphone and talk into my sticky note and idea because they come and they go, and sometimes it's so fa- fast that I don't have time to, to um, I don't have time to like grab it, you know, like I'm ready, I'm prepared, so um, I I I am ad libbing it, like everything I do. Okay, so I want to talk about this thing that I heard Abraham Hicks saying which is a very distinct switch. Okay, so she says to to be in a state of, of gratitude. Well, she would never say the word gratitude. She has talked about how she likes the word appreciation more than gratitude. But, okay, so... We ask, and it is given, and so then we assume that it is given, and it's on its way. 
but she said we it it makes it take longer to come to us if it's like the means to an end. I'm doing this to get something. So basically, I'm only assuming that I'm getting it so that I can get it. Not and this is going to go back to these these little concepts are married, okay? These are married concepts because it is also entrusting in the giver, the nature of the giver that that you know the package is coming and you trust in the giver and the nature of the giver. Okay, so let me go back. Cuz I want I'm I'm trying to solidify this for myself as well. I'm not just telling you this for you, it's for me as well. Okay, so Abraham Hicks the other day was saying that we ask and it is given and then we are in a state of just knowing it's on its way. Okay, so Christmas is coming. We know it's coming. It may not be on December 25th, but we know that Christmas is coming. And and we just kind of sit there in joy and excitement because we know that we've asked for something and that it's on its way. It's as if we have bought something from Amazon and we know that it's going to be delivered. Okay? We put in our order, it's going to be delivered. Because we know that we trust in the divine and source in God and the universe as much as we do in Amazon to deliver that package to us because Amazon delivers their packages because God keeps promises. Okay. So you sit here and you think about what Jesus said. You know, I'm not a huge Bible person, but he did say, Worry for nothing. Make your request known to God and peace that passes understanding will come onto you. Like you, you trust in your God, your daddy, your father, your heavenly father, you trust that he is going to make good on his word because he said, that he put he it your package is on the way so you are trusting in the nature of that okay so let's go back to my Ben and Jerry's my Ben and Jerry's cuz that I've been talking about for 3 years now <laughs> okay my son oftentimes over his with me as his mother has texted me and said mom Will you go out and and bring home some Ben and Jerry's ice cream? And he's trusting in me. 
because he knows the nature of his mother. He knows that his mom is going to go, she's going to find a way. She's not coming home without that Ben and Jerry's ice cream. She's not going to disappoint me. My mom loves me. I can depend on her. I have a secure relationship with her. When I was a baby, she was attuned to me. She was sensitive to what I wanted. And she acted on it. She fed me when I was hungry. She changed my diaper. She, she gave me a bath. My mom cared for me and loved me. So I'm sorry I'm bragging a little bit here, but my son has come accustomed, become accustomed to knowing without a shadow of a doubt that I am not coming home without that Ben and Jerry's fish food ice cream. Um, and a little bit of an aside here. It has been really, really fun just to let y'all know. He is moved into his dorm and he has been texting me like crazy. <laughs> I didn't think this was going to happen. I really didn't. I was like, I'm not going to hear from him. I, I don't know when I'll ever see this child again. He has been texting me like crazy. Yesterday, he's like, he's like, mom, he's like, I'm just so nervous. Like, like, how do you stop being so stressed? What do I do? You know, and so I've been, I've been kind of coaching him, you know, and then Yesterday, he's taking like a, a human relations type of course, a relationship course. And he, he was cracking it because he said all these things that I've been telling him, he's learning about in this course. You know, and I was kind of laughing because I'm like, well, this will be easy for you. This will be an easy, you know, three credits because he's already heard it all from me. <laughs> um, but anyway, and so... The other night, you know, I'm like, I need your address because I'm, anyway, I sent him, I went on Amazon and I, I bought him this, like, because he really, really likes gummy candy. He just loves it. So I bought him this, like, I think it's a two pound tray of all of these gummies, like sugary, ridiculous, all kinds of colors, die. I mean, it's just obscene um, of these gummy candies. So I'm really excited. He's going to be getting it tomorrow. But he's grown accustomed to knowing that he can depend on me. Because I can't say that it's been absolutely perfect. But every time he's ever asked me specifically, I have nearly... 95, 98% of the time, I have always acted on his bids for attention and acted on his, his, um, whatever it was that he asked me for. I've been very dependable. I've been this way for my children. My, my daughter once said, mom, you are so predictable. And in some ways it felt like a, like a, insult 
but she was young. And so her, in her mind, and I think this was the context, I can get away with stuff because I know that my mom is going to be home exactly when she says she is and not a minute sooner. So I can have my boyfriend over and make sure that he leaves before my mom walks in the door <laughs> because I know she's coming home exactly when she says she is and not a moment sooner. <laughs> I think that's the context with which she was saying it. But I took it as the greatest compliment. Because I had somebody in my life who was like that. And that was my dad as a child. I mean, I had like this reversal, like, I'm, and I'm of a, I'm like a different generation. I'm of this generation that usually it was mom who is the primary caretaker of a child. And in my particular case, when I could remember, my dad was the one who took care of me. And so this was like a role reversal as a child. And my dad was incredibly dependable. Incredibly. Like he was like to the minute. I mean, that guy, he, he was there for me. And and so I had like the dependability of one caretaker and and if you have the dependability of one caretaker in your life and it doesn't even matter who it is, if it's a mentor, if it's a grandmother, if it's a family friend, if it's a parent, if it's a foster parent, whoever it is, if you have one dependable um caretaker in your life, the odds are so much higher in your favor of a successful outcomes in your life. And so I'm incredibly grateful to have my dad. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> getting back to, okay, so let's just talk a little bit about the nature of God of the divine, of that which I, I believe is synonymous with love. I believe it is some kind of, of loving intelligence, like, and design. I think, I think it's sort of like, in some ways, like life just sort of makes a way to live because life is just life and it and it just makes a way to live like sometimes I just sit and I think about the outrageous amounts of diversity on this planet of life as if there's there's nowhere that there isn't life but it's sort of like we, we sort of have this distinction between that which is alive and that which is not. And, and I don't know, I, I mean, like, like organic, like cells, like, you know, you've got like a plant has like this cell structure and my dresser has a totally different atomic structure 
than a plant. So we so we would say the plant is alive and my dresser conceivably isn't alive. Um as in life. But I mean that could really be argued, but I'm not gonna get into that. But anyway, because I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about in a way. You know, it's like sometimes there's like there's like these terms that you know, I'm going back to the event, like in talking to people at the event, you know, and there was this, this term put out, you know, like the nothing. And I was sitting there and I was arguing, I was arguing that there cannot be nothing. Like nothing has to be something. It's like, what is space? Because they say that our, our actual body is more space than it is anything else. It's like the space of an atom. You've got your protons, electrons, neutrons. You, know, you have like the, the structure of a cell that is mostly space. But space has to be something. I'm not entirely sure that's true, but that's just something that came to mind for me, that there cannot be nothing. That space is something. So I'm arguing that space is something, and, I'm, and I could be arguing utter, utter ignorance. Okay, I, I, I admit to that. So, but anyway... So we have God because I've been I've been arguing that that God is the atomic structures of everything. Okay, so God is the atomic structure of everything that is. Like God is is the building blocks, and so God is that which is created, all life. All everything is God. Okay, so this is why some people say, I am God, because in essence, we are all aspects of that. With a capital T, that. Source, universe, divine, whatever you want to call it. Divinity, I guess you would call it. And so... And so, what is that nature? And that nature is, is, it's sort of really strange, like what's coming to mind for me right at the moment is kind of this, like, it has this element of stillness in it. Because a lot of times if you just sit and you're just quiet, It's like peace. It's like this peace, this stillness, there's this it it is the most like delicious thing to just have that stillness be 
And then on the other hand, I'm, I'm thinking of the ocean, which is anything but still to certain degrees and certain times of the day, but is never still. Also, the idea that we are on a planet that is always moving. Always moving, like circulating, but also moving through space. And so, and so the nature of God. I was I was doing a meditation the other day. I was um uh doing a walking meditation and I was <laughs> I was running I was running during my walking meditation. So I'm running, 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 and then I have this like impression come over me again at a deeper level having to do with us with divinity experiencing through us. So divinity experiencing through us. And I was having this really, really, really weird, like, um, impression also of us reproducing and having children. And, and how as, as a mother, I, I, in some ways, live and continue to live through my children. I'm not with them every second of every day. I'm not experiencing their life, per se, but it was this weird thing where this, this child was in some ways conceived of and conceived and birthed and then cared for, and then goes on to live. So it's sort of like a part of me is in that child, a part of their father is in that child, and the grandparents and all the ancestors are are in that baby and continue life. And so like God, divinity, living, experiencing life through our life. I actually wrote about this in my book, but not to the depth that, I'm, that I had this impression the other day. But, and so it behooves us or it is important that we experience the best of life. So if we are housing divinity, if we are a temple, as Jesus says, we are a temple, it behooves us to do the best of everything. Knowing that the source of everything, the source of love, the source of mercy, kindness, goodness, is experiencing life through us. So what do we want that experience to be? If we're always complaining, 
or in my case, not trusting. Why isn't it coming? My impatience with the process. I don't believe that God is offended. I know some people, you know, we have culturally and through our churches put human attributes on God. And this is in religion in general. You know, or maybe the Buddhists. I don't know the Buddhists like necessarily believe in God as God, but the way that we've created God as a Christian community. But we put these human attributes on God. God is not human. (laughs) God is not human. God does not have these attributes that we... You know, God's not jealous. It's like almost preposterous to like think this way. So I know, I know, I know what the Bible says, you know, and I, and I also just, this is an aside, sorry, I'm digressing for a second, but this is like another thing that I just do not for the life of me understand why Christians have adapted the Old Testament. I don't understand it. Why are you looking backward when you got the new? Why are you in the old? Because the old is so primitive. Like, why? And the old is filled with all kinds of these attributes of God as human He's mad. You're going to be smite. He's going to turn her into a pillar of salt. I mean, he's really not somebody that you're, 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 you're right. You best be very afraid of this particular entity. And you better act right. Anyway, I digress. Okay, so coming back to to my topic, that I do not put human attributes to God. So, and I cannot explain, the only thing that I, the only way that I can explain negativity or evil in our world, which I do believe there is evil. I do, because there are times when... (laughs) I'm laughing because I had this, I have a chapter in my book about this. I had this experience where I was driving back from California. I had gone to California during this mystical summer that I write about, this experience that I had. But anyway, I'm driving back and at the time, I was really, really having a hard time living in this new paradigm. My, my brain was just different. I told you guys about it in my most previous podcast about, you know, this change in perception and everything. But to be honest, this is the truth. I was living in heaven and I was living in hell because I could not hold the energy of... of I couldn't hold it. And so I would fall off and I would just, I was just, 
I was vacillating between between feelings of elation, wholeness, and love, and dread, misery, and despair. So I'm like, and it was equal parts. It was like I was half the day in heaven and half the day in hell. It was, it was a really, really hard time, I'm just saying. But anyway, I'm driving back, and this this very, very negative energy came over me. It was as if it was like sitting on my left shoulder, this, in this, this really negative, it it was almost as if it was trying to like literally consume me. Like a demonic, but a really, really bad energy. And I was fighting this thing off for hours because you think about I was coming from like basically San Francisco to Arizona and it was about a 12-hour drive and this thing was with me the whole time and at one point I had stopped to get something like to eat or drink and I had gone in the bathroom and I had taken a picture of myself and sent it to this person that I used to see who was a healer, I sent her this picture because I physically looked so bad. I, I mean, I was having physical manifestations of what was happening to me energetically. <clears throat> My face looked really red and swollen and chapped. I mean, it was like, it. it was bad. It was really bad. And so... About about 30 miles outside of, of the town I live in, I, I just, because I'd been fighting this thing for 11 and a half hours at this point, and I just like, I just like, whatever, and I just was like, I just let go. And I just allowed whatever energy, like, to, okay, be, I be consumed. Okay. And so I just allowed it and um and I fully expected to like pass out of my body. I really did. I was like, okay, so when am I gonna die here? And it was I had this really weird sensation that I wasn't driving my car because I was driving at the time. And I and it was this really weird sensation, like literally I was not driving the car but the car was going in this direction and then I I pull into my my place my townhouse I park my car you know and so I'm not leaving my body I'm still in my body I go into my room and I go to sleep And then I have this thing up and I'm not entirely sure because this is another digress. I'm digressing again. I'm going off on a tangent, but I guess I will I will mention what happens. So I I go upstairs and I go to sleep and and then I wake up and I can hear voices. Like I can hear voices outside of my brain. It's not like I'm having hallucinations, okay? I'm 
I can hear voices outside of my brain. And they're, they're whispering. And it was like several of them. It wasn't just one. And I had this perception of their presence. I knew they were here, but I could not see them. I could hear them, but I could not see them. <laughs> and they were talking to each other. And, and they were just like, they were just like, basically they were, they were, the premise of what they were saying was, is that they didn't understand how I, I was doing what I was doing and they didn't know. It was like, I was almost like, I shouldn't be doing this. Like, how does she know? And like, I, like they were, they were talking amongst themselves they weren't even talking to me, but I could hear them. And (laughs) And then I agreed to some treatment. I did. I agreed to something. They they basically asked me permission to do something. And I knew they were benevolent. I don't know how I knew they were benevolent, but I just knew they were like, I believe them to be some kind of extra, extraterrestrial. I don't know if they were angels or if they were, but I didn't perceive them to be angels. They were more like... Um entities, little beings of some sort. I perceived them to be little. But then since then, they've told me we can be whatever size we want to be. They've told me that. And so, but at the time, they seemed like they were little. And and so they did some treatment on me. And I woke up the next day and you would have had no idea what I had gone through the night before, the day before. It was like I was completely healed. Completely. Like there was no, like my skin was renewed. My, you would have had no idea that I had gone through a hellish state in the last, you know, 24 hours of my life. But anyway, so this is how I know without a shadow of a doubt that we do indeed have, there is indeed evil because I've experienced it. Okay, so, and I've tried to figure this out. But there is so much in this this life and in the, these thoughts that I have that I cannot figure out how there could be any place that there is not God who I call synonymous with love. The same thing. Love God, the same thing. So how can there be evil and how can there be an absence of God if God is all in all, if God is the be all? And God is synonymous with love. How can there be evil? And the only thing that I can come up with is free will. Is free will and degrees of love. I do not believe that there is any place where there is no degree of love. Because I believe that the atoms of our body, the atoms of everything that is, is love. So there cannot be 
a place where there is an absence of love, but maybe there are degrees of love. And so there are situations that are in a very low degrees of love. <laughs> now, this is just a theory. I'm not saying it's true, but it's just something that I've given enough thought to because I there's some stuff I cannot figure out. Uh, I can't figure it out. Um, okay, so going back to the nature of that. Okay, so... So... <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the movie, um, the, oh God, it was a movie of Stephen Hawking, who has been a character that is really, really fascinating to me. He had, I believe, Lou Gehrig's disease, but I'm not positive on that. So, um, but he was in a wheelchair and he had lost like a lot of functions in his body. And he was like, I think even on a breathing machine and, but he was a, a genius. I mean, he was like of epic proportion, uh, a professor. I mean, just, but anyway, he had this theory of everything. Um, but he was working on this and he was like basically working on the beginning of time. He was working on this idea of the beginning of time and, and throughout the entire movie, I'm like, there cannot be any beginning of time. Like, how would that even be? How would there how would there be nothing and then be something? Like like I mean like honestly like just like even just sitting there and thinking about it, how could there be nothing and then all of a sudden be something? And so I just kept arguing, I kept making the arguing, there is no beginning of time. Time always has, always is, always will be. Okay. Okay, but Okay, so the earth human life on earth. Okay, perhaps there has not always been human life on earth. But at some point human life comes to earth. And at some point and this year, this time, yours truly, blonde-haired girl, is born into this paradigm, this realm. <clears throat> okay, so I am I'm given life by my parents and the divinity. I'm given life here and given this opportunity to experience life in this body. This is my space suit, suit while I'm here on earth because this is how I am going to be able to experience life on this earth is in this space suit. Okay, so I'm existing in this little space suit that I call my body. Okay, so I'm in my body and I'm and I'm, you know, I'm living my life and I am under the delusion 
that I have some kind of semblance of control over things. Like, and we have been told this. We've been told this. We've been told a whole lot of like falsities. Okay, so I'm under this delusion that I that I there's this thing called, you know, like cause and effect. That if I do this, that will happen. If I do this, that will happen. And so my whole life, up until three years ago, I I I saw life this certain way. You know, if I work hard, I will reap the benefits of that. Working hard. You know, when I wasn't working hard, I was lazy and I was reaping the benefits of that. That delusion. And then three years ago, I had this paradigm shift. And then I was realizing that I had this realization that it wasn't at all like I thought it was. And that it was actually what I would have perceived to be before magic. That it is actually mystical, it is magical, it is miraculous. That it is actually, it is actually like, like, I don't know how to word this. Like, like exactly as Jesus had said in the Bible that I ask and it is given. And it's not me. It's not, I may put out the intention. I may put out the request, but it is the nature of God and the generosity of God that is actually having that thing happen in my life. So Christmas is actually every second of our lives. The miraculous, the, the magic But see, it was, it's really, really hard in the beginning to believe in that because you've been taught and you've been, you know, you've believed in a totally different, different laws. You've been taught human laws. You've been taught that if you work hard and life is hard and life is suffering Life is sacrifice. All the all these like things. And that you're only entitled to the pursuit of happiness. You're not entitled to happiness. You've been, t- you've been taught, you know, you know, you are saved by Jesus' blood. The suffering of Jesus has saved you. You better be good. Okay, but I had realized three years ago that that was a falsity and that actually (laughs) this other thing is how it really happens. It's actually the magic. It's actually that thing appearing out of nowhere. That thing that I thought about earlier in the day when I said, give me something strawberry today that I cannot argue with. 
something that has to do with strawberries today. Give me something that has to do with strawberries today that I cannot argue that it came from you. And my best friend sends me a picture of a great big pot of strawberry jam she's making. So my life begins to be this stream of the miraculous, the, the, the synchronicity, synchronicities, the, the, and that becomes more real than the other. So imagine my surprise. Imagine my surprise when the bigger desires of my heart have not yet become in my physicality. But this week has been this week of like utter I so I stopped doing things the way I was doing them because I was, they weren't working. It wasn't working. So then I, and then I realized, you know, cause I had heard this thing from Abraham Hicks saying that, that it is that I, that I believe it fulfilled because of the nature of God, because God is generous. It's not something that I'm doing. It's the nature of God that I believe that God will give this to me because God loves me. I can depend on God like my son depends on me. Knows, my son knows that I'm going to be there. And me trusting in God like my son trusts in me. So also in my walking meditation this week, my, my flowers, you know, I was telling you all about my little flowers that, they call me and they were calling me and this week was no exception. And I go running up to them and I go to smell them. And the one bush, all of the, the blossoms have fallen off, but there's these new ones coming up. And I, and I had this visualization that those new ones coming up are my bigger desires. They're in the process. They're sitting there. They're, they're, you know, they're all green. They haven't blossomed yet, but it's right there. Getting ready to blossom. <laughs> These bigger desires are in the process of becoming the package is on the way it has already been sent they really are on the way and that and that it is <laughs> it is me allowing myself to trust I remember this preacher. I have gotten some good things from preacher <laughs> and priests. I remember this preacher talking about 
those people who do like the tight ropes over the Grand Canyon. And I actually watched this one day. I, I was with one of my husbands. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing. I've had multiple husbands. But anyway, with one of my husbands, we're sitting there and we're watching it. It's like fascinating. This guy is like literally walking on this tightrope over the Grand Canyon. And he has this massive pole in his hand. Okay, so the preacher had made this connection between walking on a tightrope over the Grand Canyon and and these baskets, and would we get in the basket with God? If God were walking on a tightrope over the Grand Canyon, will we get in the basket? Will we trust God with our very life? So it's sort of like, you know, I have this quote on my Instagram that this other preacher had said, like, we, do we trust God? Like, like, we don't know that we trust God until we have to really trust God. And then I'm going to say it's even more than that. Everything, everything else is a delusion, an illusion, but a delusion. Everything else is an illusion. So this idea, everything that we've been taught about how you work hard is the illusion. Because it's not based on that. The whole system is based on love. Of God loving us and us loving God. So it's been like a really interesting week, hasn't it? <laughs> In my life. <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> I hope this makes sense. So I'm going to end with this. I, I had this... um. I was talking to my, to my friend, my, my coworker the other day. She's actually, I gave her my, my second book, not my first one. I, I have a really hard time giving that book to people because it is utterly filled with magic. And if you don't believe in magic or you don't understand, or there's no context to actually read that book, you would not even know what you were reading. And so I didn't give her the first one, but I gave her the second one. And I was like sharing some things with her and I was sharing her with her this idea. Um, this idea that I was having that I had heard from like Abraham Hicks and that and that believing like and that. Believing for believing's sake, not believing for receiving's sake. It's sort of like, you know, that term, be good for goodness sake. Like we're not, you know, the only reason why we're good during the year is so that Santa will bring us that thing. 
and our and our entire system is based on this. <laughs> it really is. Like if you if you think about it, it's like, you know, we go to work. It's like if you don't go to work, you don't eat. You don't go to work, you don't live. You don't you don't get a paycheck. You know what I mean? If you don't you know, if you don't do your job right, you're gonna get fired. And then your livelihood, your house, your children, everybody's gonna suffer if you don't work hard. It's all based on this on 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 these systems that are that are that I'm starting to have this understanding are all bogus and bogus and that is the illusion. <laughs> really it's really really a strange change and um but it's just a slight difference in in intentionality and so I'm just kind of settling in and and seeing you know exactly like like I don't know how to describe it exactly, but like, and it's not that I don't, that I haven't like woven back into this fear a little bit over the last week, but I've been making a conscious choice to trust in that. I've been making a conscious choice to trust in my belief that I can trust in the goodness of God. To choose that thought. I can trust in the goodness, love, and generosity of God. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to trust in God. I know what this looks like. I know. Yep, that flower has not yet. That flower has not yet blossomed yet but I can see it it's right there look it's in the process so I'm I'm not yet mastered but I am mastering (laughs) I'm in the process of mastering this thing (laughs) very exciting (laughs) anyway I appreciate you listening, and I will, of course, be back with other ideas. (laughs) And that's a wrap.